Hey there, welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm John Collins. In today's episode, we're heading back to SASTOC, the European Conference for SaaS Businesses, where I caught up with Julien Coudournois, VP and Global Head of Workplace at Facebook. Julian joined Facebook in 2011 and managed the gaming team in EMEA before going on to lead the Global Platform Partnerships team. Prior to Facebook, he was at Microsoft, where amongst other things, he created the well-known BizSpark program for startups. In a wide-ranging chat, we touched on Workplace's unique growth model. We also discussed the challenges of building a SaaS startup within Facebook and why he believes his experience at Facebook can bring so much to his own personal investments that he's made in media companies. Of course, if you want to hear the remaining episodes from our SaaS Talk series, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you happen to consume podcasts. And of course, if you really like what you hear, help spread the love a little by giving us a review on iTunes. But for now, here's my conversation with Julian. You're listening to Inside Intercom. Intercom, making internet business personal at scale. Learn more at intercom.com. Julian, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. So you've been at Facebook for around seven years in a variety of different roles. Most recently, Facebook Workplace. For the sake of our listeners, maybe you could just give us a bit of background on how you got to your current position at Facebook. Uh, so indeed, I joined uh, almost eight years ago now from Microsoft, where I spent six years. I spent the first five years of my career at Facebook working with mobile app developers, gaming companies, companies like uh, King or um, uh, Supercell, or any developer willing to use the Facebook platform to build or grow or monetize their applications. And um, when, when Workplace became a thing at Facebook, a thing we wanted to give to other companies and eventually to sell to other companies, because I was in London and because I had a background in SaaS, I had the opportunity to join that team. But you really have to think of Workplace as a SaaS startup within Facebook. We're doing something that is quite different from what Facebook does, with a very different business model, a different product. But the missions are very much aligned. Workplace is about connecting people. It's about creating communities. It's about turning companies into communities. And so when I, when, when I saw that we had the opportunity to do that in London and to do something that would be new for Facebook, in a way like AWS was a new you know, business model and a new, uh, a new product line for, for Amazon and, and a bet that paid off very well, I decided with a few of my, my colleagues at the time to, uh, to join the, the Workplace team and to create our own startup within the company that is Facebook with a lot of support and a lot of assets to leverage. How would you define the problem that Facebook Workplace is trying to solve? It's hard to summarize what we do because the, the product is, is, is quite unique and does a lot of things, but uh, you know, we, we've been spending a lot of time brainstorming about it. I would say the one thing we do is that we turn companies into communities. Um, we try to connect everyone in the, in the company, not just people who have an email or not just the knowledge workers, but literally everyone. We have some customers like Walmart, a company with 2.5 million people where the CEO and the CIO have that vision to give a voice to everyone, to connect everyone and to put everyone in the company on the same network for the first time. And when you do that, when you connect everyone, when you give a voice to everyone, when you reduce the distances between the HQ and the front line or between different offices, uh, we see and we believe that great things happen uh, to the company in terms of employee sentiment, in terms of employee engagement, in terms of productivity, in terms of automation. So that's what we do. We turn companies into communities and we try to give a voice to everyone and, and we think that it really changes how companies are being run. 
A lot of people define you as collaboration software, and that's obviously quite a crowded market. I mean, we've yeah, and you do have overlap in functionality with, with things like Slack, Microsoft's products, Teams, Atlassian Stride. What's your differentiator in that? Is it is it that you're trying to get everyone in the company involved? I think the, the main difference, especially in our growth model, is that Workplace as a business and as a product doesn't really grow one user at a time or one team at a time. We literally grow one company at a time. When companies go workplace, they launch workplace to everyone in the company. We launched, uh, for example, at AstraZeneca, Big Pharma, uh, six months ago. On day one, 70,000 employees got access to workplace. We launched at GSK, another pharma in July. Day one, 140,000 employees. Uh, we're using Workplace. We launched at Grab Taxi, Grab, uh, the new name in Asia, same thing, 5,000 employees. So it, it's quite a unique go-to-market strategy and quite a unique way of serving uh, our customers. There's no shadow IT, there's no land and expand. But I think the value proposition and the value of the product is really to connect everyone. And so as opposed to the companies or the products you've mentioned, we grow one company at a time. And I think this is what guarantees adoption and the retention that we have today on the market and also the success we've seen, especially with uh, the Fortune 500 companies. Is, is there something about the products that gets that you know, usage day one? Is it because people are familiar with Facebook? It seems less threatening or what's? Indeed, it, it's a big part of the pitch. At the end of the day, two billion people know how to use Workplace. Mm -hmm. There's no training needed. Yeah. <laughs> if you know how to use Facebook or Messenger or WhatsApp, you know how to use Workplace mm -hmm. on day one. Yeah. But also the fact that on day one, you don't have to build your network. Mm -hmm. You know you, your colleagues will be there, your manager will be there, your peers will be there, the CEO will be there. You know, the network is already here. You don't have to build it um, because of the way the product is being deployed by our customers. And so immediately you can start you know, working, being productive, engaging. Uh, with people that you have to work with every day or even sometimes with people you, you don't even know. If I post something in French on Workplace, you will see that in English mm. or in Japanese if you're in Japan. So it, crea it creates a lot of connections and a lot yeah. of uh, productivity opportunities that might not necessarily be happening in the past before. Yeah. Is the goal to kill email or to replace email? No, I don't think it's a very sexy goal. <laughs> we would not attract you know, any, any employees or any clients you know, telling them we want to kill email. We want to change how companies are run by giving everyone a voice, by turning companies into communities. And that's, that's, that's the mission. And again, we believe that when we do that, great things happen to the company. As I said, employee engagement, employee sentiment, employee productivity. Um, and at, at the end of the day, it has an impact on the top line or the bottom line of the company. That's what we've seen consistently, you know, in the last three years since we started building that business. You uh, recently were quoted, and it was in Business Insider, so it has to be true, uh, but you were recently quoted as saying you made every mistake possible when launching and going to market with, with Workplace. What, what do you think you got wrong? Um, you know, it's a new muscle for Facebook, building Workplace. There are not many people at Facebook we can go to and say, hey, tell me how to build a SaaS business and a SaaS product. Tell me how to win IT departments, how to win legal departments, how to talk to a to chief security officers, how to build a SaaS brand, you know, as respected that as, you know, brands like Box, for example, or Intercom, uh, which is another good, uh, good example. So I think that when we started, for example, we thought that Workplace would grow in a way like the companies you've mentioned, you know, one user at a time, one team at a time, then you land and expand, then you upsell, and then eventually you sign the big deals. Um, and guess what? It did not really happen. What happened is that we had big companies, you know, I would say companies with more than 1,000, 5,000 people, you know, reaching out to us directly, from, you know, CIO, CHRO, 
chief communications officer, sometimes the CEO herself or himself, telling us we want our place and we need it for everybody in the company as fast as possible, even for the people who never had an email before. Mm -hmm. So we did not see that coming. We pivoted quite fast. Um, so that, that's one of the examples we made. When I started, for example, uh, when I, as I was building the sales team, uh, I did not realize that you could not ask the same salespeople to um, qualify the leads, to close the leads, and to deploy the companies. Yeah. So we, we, ma we made some mistakes, but we, we learned very fast, and hopefully we don't make them twice. Yeah. But again, you know, Facebook is a company where we like to see people trying new stuff. Uh, as long as you keep trying, as long as you keep iterating, and as long as you find you know, your niche and you keep investing there, uh, all of that is okay, and it's part of the, 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 the pleasure and, the, uh, and, and I would say the, the pride as well of building something new in a company like Facebook who's heavily investing in workplace. Most SaaS startups generally start at the, the smaller end of the market and then have to move up market, but it sounds like the up market came to you guys. Yeah, we, we, we turned the playbook upside down. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, we, you know, we, we, we have a lot of Fortune 500 companies using Workplace. I mentioned Starbucks, Walmart, Heineken, RBS was our first customer. We recently announced GSK, AstraZeneca. We launched at Chevron in the US two weeks ago, 70,000 employees. We launched at Cirque du Soleil, which is a, an amazing example. When you work at Cirque du Soleil, by definition, you don't have a PC and a desk every day when you go to work, right? But we also see traction now in a lot of fast-growing tech companies like Booking.com, like Intercom as well, like Spotify, like Grab, like Farfetch, Deliveroo, who, who also need to use Workplace, not to connect everyone, because everyone is already connected in the company, but to keep the culture and to scale the culture as, as they grow. When they need to hire one, two, 10, 20 people every day, how do you keep the same culture that you had when you started the company, when you had people in you know, new locations, new offices on different time zones speaking different languages? So we are going from having an enterprise business to having a mid-market business to investing in a, an SME business. Because ultimately, the product works for every company. That's, that's the beauty of Workplace. It's not just for uh, you know, retail or airlines or telcos. It works for everyone in the company, every company, every industry. But I think in our go-to-market strategy, as you said, we, we turn the playbook upside down and we're going from the enterprise to mid-market to SMB. And it sounds like you learned quite a bit about the actual, you know, how to structure your sales team and who does what on the sales team. That yeah, it was quite yeah. different. We, well, we, we've, we've read a lot of books. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend Predictable Revenues from Aaron Ross. Uh, we also talk to a lot of SaaS entrepreneurs and SaaS companies. We like to compare ourselves. We like to exchange best practices. We love to learn mm -hmm. and to try new things. So, uh, again, it, it's part of the, the, the pleasure of building something new within a company like Facebook. I think a big part of obviously Facebook's strength as a company is its platform and third-party developers can obviously come in and create their own applications and services that access Facebook data. You worked on the platform team in the early days. I mean, that, that was the vision in the early days? And it was the vision of Facebook, but the vision for Workplace is actually very, very different. We do have integrations with uh, some apps. We have a marketplace today with, I think, 50 applications. But the truth is that we want Workplace to be the app that will be connected to every other app you're using. And usually these apps are Office 365, G Suite, Box, Okta, Netscope, mm -hmm. Salesforce, Marketo. So we want to be the app that will be like the, the Switzerland of the IT department, making every other app work together, work better together, in a way that is integrated, of course, that is mobile friendly, that is user friendly, where Workplace becomes the place of discovery and distribution of what's happening in other applications. For example, at Facebook, we use, uh, we use Quip. It's a company created by 
our former CTO that Salesforce acquired. When I wake up in the morning, I don't open Quip.com or the Quip app on my, on my, on my, on my phone, right? Mm -hmm. But I open Workplace and in a group with my team, someone will have shared a document in Quip. And so we'll have a nice preview of that document in Workplace. I will click on it, it will take me to Quip. And I think that's the type of partnership and user experiences that we want to give to our, to our employees and to our, to our clients. It has to be so easy, so simple, so integrated that you don't even feel that you're going from one app to another. And I think the newsfeed on Workplace does a very good job at driving the discovery um, and the distribution of other applications. And you know, my goal is to make sure that if I look at the top 100 SaaS apps or the top 50 SaaS apps, all of them are somehow natively integrated with Workplace. So it's, it's not an open marketplace for everybody. It's a closed, highly created marketplace where you will find the most respected SaaS companies and the most used SaaS applications uh, in the world. So very different from, uh, from, from what we did with Facebook. What's similar, though, is the ambition to build an ecosystem, to build a workplace economy, a workplace economy of service integrators, of resellers, uh, of ISVs, of independent developers building apps for their colleagues, their employees, or for workplace customers. Mm -hmm. But that, that's something we are heavily investing um, in, and we have, we have a big partnerships team now, working you know, from PwC to companies like Revevol in France, Enablo in Australia, companies like Paychex in the US, uh, Slalom Consulting in the US. We don't want to be into that journey alone, and we, we want to build an ecosystem and to foster and to stimulate a very vibrant workplace economy and a workplace ecosystem. That's very similar to, uh, to Facebook, you know, core principles. Yeah, but the approach sounds very different to Facebook because I think Facebook was all about just having really good APIs that other people could build against. And it sounds like you're actually going yeah. out and sort of targeting the yeah. top companies and, and presumably building some of these integrations yourselves. Yeah, we work, we work with them, you know, but I think the, if you look at the native integrations we have with Okta, for example, or Box or Office 365, like it takes a, a second yeah. to connect them to Workplace and to start, you know, noticing significant engagement and significant adoption of both Workplace, but also Box, for example. That's why we have so many customers who use Box and Office, Office 365 or G Suite and Okta and Workplace, because we want to be the, the, the one app that will connect all these apps and make these apps work better together. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt-or-die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service. And it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right? And see what happens.
Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. Recently, you at your Flow, your dedicated workplace conference, you announced a big upgrade to the chat features of, of Workplace. So people can now start chats, calls and videos, you know, in one-to-one or groups. And it's, I suppose, a bit more like Messenger or WhatsApp, certainly from, from the outsider's view. I mean, why, why bet so big on chat specifically when Facebook has already got quite a number of chat yeah. tools? And Workplace, I would say, is a group-first product. When we was a group-first product when we started, we realized, and that was based on the feedback from our customers, that you know, it's great to use groups and workplace chat with your colleagues every day, but you know, no company is an island. You have partners, you have clients, you have agencies you have to work with, you have many people who do not work for your company, for the same company that you have to work with every day. So two years ago, we introduced the concept of multi-company groups, which is like a bridge between two companies or between and companies. When I work with my friends at Intercom, we never send each other emails. Never. We only use multi-company groups. But our customers told us groups are great if we need to share a document, if we need to give time to people to comment and to spend time on something that a lot of people have to look at almost at the same time. But what about chat? Why can I only use chat with my colleagues? I also want to use chat with the people I have to work with who don't work for the same company. So that's why we introduced last week the concept of multi-company chat so that if I need to talk to one person at Intercom or just two person at Intercom or any other workplace customer, I can do that directly using workplace chat. It's not just for my colleagues, it's also for the people I have to work with every day who do not work for the same company, who need, you know, I would say quicker interactions mm-hmm. than what you would usually find in a group. Yeah. And video clearly is part of that. I mean, that's something we're, video, we're seeing. Video, yeah. Big investment for Facebook, as yeah. you know. Uh, live is definitely one of the top applications that people use in workplace. It's one of these things that we inherit from the investments that Facebook is doing. Mm-hmm. There are many companies, many, many groups on workplace where we see managers or people, you know, live streaming on workplace from a mobile device. From a, from a very remote place of the world, like I've seen, for example, at Save the Children, using live on workplace, and it's a, it's the new way of working. It's not yeah. just about text, it's about pictures, it's about videos, it's about live video, and it's even about 360 videos, as we've seen sometimes with some of our customers. So, you know, if we want to help and define the new way of working, we need to support the new, uh, the new formats and to give something that will also match the behaviors and the patterns that we see in, uh, in people's personal lives. I think one of the uh, criticisms we've seen of, of tools like Workplace and Slack, you know, is that they're becoming ubiquitous everywhere. And particularly if you have a team that's spread across time zones, it, they can really become, it becomes difficult because you get interruptions or you get people pinging you at all hours of the, of the, of the day and night. I mean, is that something you, you have to just advise customers on how best practice how to use it? Or, or, or are you addressing that at a product level in terms of... We do, but I think the main difference is that uh, when you open Workplace, you, you, you basically open the newsfeed. Mm-hmm. And I think the newsfeed does a good job at telling you what's important for you right now, what's relevant for you right now. If you leave workplace for two hours, two days or two weeks, you'll come back to workplace and I can tell you that you will have the most relevant thing for you at the top of the newsfeed. So you don't have to worry about the noise. If you, if you feel that you're missing the noise, the newsfeed and all the investments we've been doing in, via, via what we call the work graph does that job with filtering the noise. 
Yeah. If, you, if you don't want to be disturbed by someone who's sending you messages when you're on, on vacations or, or traveling or not available, we introduced last week a do not disturb function on the workplace. So you can snooze notifications and let people know that you cannot reply to them right now or for the next two weeks. But I think because Workplace is a newsfeed-based product and we optimized the newsfeed of Workplace for you know, a work-related usage, it does that job of filtering the noise and making sure that the most relevant and the most important things for you, depending on many signals, who you work for, who you work with, what are the groups you're interested in, what are the people you follow, will be there every time you go back to the app. Yeah. I think uh, other, other collaboration tools are definitely not as useful when you return from a, a, a week's vacation in terms of trying to catch up. It's a big engineering challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as we said, uh, we are leveraging a lot of investments that Facebook has done yeah. on the Facebook newsfeed, but adapted for workplace and, and the work usage. You mentioned, obviously, the challenge of sort of having to sell into IT departments and CIOs and, and people like that, which maybe is not as familiar to, to Facebook. But clearly, also, you have the huge familiarization with, with, with Facebook. And I suppose that end users are probably, they're familiar with these tools. They want these kind of tools. Is that something you're focusing on as well, that you know, you can, it, it can come from the ground up, that, that the power shifts from the head of IT to the, the end user a bit? I think it's a plus for the head of IT to know that there will be no training needed. But it's equally important to show them how we manage our infrastructure, how we build our data centers, how and why we obtained all the security certifications that we have today, uh, SOC 2, SOC 3, ISO uh, 27001. You know, all the things that help us to be able to serve companies like uh, GSK, AstraZeneca, or banks like RBS, like DNB, like Sun Life, like Scotia Bank. We did not have these certifications when we started because Workplace was a product for us, only for Facebook. You know, Facebook has been customer zero for Workplace and the only customer for many, many years. So as we were, you know, proposing that product to other companies, we also had to make sure that we would obtain the, the, all the security certifications and compliance certifications that they would expect from companies like, you know, Workplace or Box or Okta, and also work with uh, the ecosystem of partners like Netscope, like Wiretap, to make sure that we would be, uh, we would be um, you know, the best possible place for them to put their company's data. Yeah. But it's a plus to know that people know how to use it, but I don't think this is what you know, what drives the, the growth that we see today on the market. Yeah. It's really the fact that it, it changes how companies are run. And that's something a lot of executives and a lot of CEOs are you know, very passionate about. How do you attract the new generation of talents? How do you keep them? How do you make sure that uh, you give your employees tools that are as fast, as mobile, as, as nice as the tools you know, they can use in their personal lives? Yeah. And what happens when you give a voice to everyone? That, that's really what we're, we're going after. And I suppose, while the UI might be familiar, the, the whole business model is, is brand new for Facebook. I mean, yeah. Facebook's never charged for software before, right? Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of our listeners are also facing, that maybe they've got a free product and they're now trying to, 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 to charge for it. What would be your number one piece of advice for SaaS companies looking to sort of move up market and to start charging enterprise customers? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel, because many people have said that. Uh, <laughs> but it's important to find you know, your niche and to find uh, product market fits. Once you know exactly what you do well, what you do better than any other competitor on the market, once you have people telling you that they could not work or they could not you know, live in a way uh, anymore without your product, uh, it means you can accelerate. But it takes time to, to get there. Optimizing for monetization until you have that, until you have that moment, I think doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. That's why so many companies are still trying to find it. Took us time for us to find it. Took us, uh, took us you know, more than a year, uh, I would say. 
But once we found it, we knew and we had the confidence of knowing that we could build a business on top of a product that had you know, very uh, significant adoption and retention and user sentiment. Yeah. One, one, of, one of the things that I think illustrate that and illustrate that vision we have is something we introduced uh, last week at Flow. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with safety check on Facebook. Mm -hmm. To so, say you're safe after a disaster? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we introduced safety check for workplace last okay. week. So if something happens, and unfortunately things happen, if you want to know whether a team of employees or a group of employees or if, if everyone or employees are safe or not, you can use safety check and define events on workplace and reach out directly on workplace chat on workplace to the people who might you know, be in danger. And yeah. so that you'll be able to, to clear within minutes who's safe, who's not, who needs help. I think this is something that only Facebook can do. Uh, this is because we've done it for Facebook and for hundreds of millions of people before. And this is also something on, only workplace can do. Because again, when we deploy workplace, it's top down and wall to wall. So we have everyone in the company. It would not make sense to do that for 10% of the company or 20% of the company. So bringing that type of experiences and, and, and that value proposition on top of the network of professionals and companies that is workplace, that's something we are, we are, we are very passionate about. And this is the value that our customers also find. And this is why they are, I guess, happy to pay for the product we give them. Yeah. And, and I hope they can see that, you know, just like when you use Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp, you feel that the product is getting better, faster, nicer all the time. You, you can almost visually notice the updates that we do to the product all the time. Right. Outside of Facebook, you're, uh, you're pretty active as well. You're uh, an investor, an advisor, including in an investor in the business of fashion, which yeah. I think is one of, probably one of the, the hottest media startups around. Began pretty, pretty humbly with a, an email list. Yeah. How did you get involved there or what sort of made you want to invest? I got involved uh, through my friend, uh, Frédéric Cour, who's the founder of uh, Felix Capital who invested in, in business of fashion. Uh, so I got the, the chance uh, to meet Imran, the CEO of business, business of fashion, I think six years ago. And if you meet Imran, and if you let him talk, the first thing you want to tell him is, can I invest in your company? <laughs> Whatever you do, I, I want to be part of it. So that's how it happened. As you can probably see, I'm not a fashionista. <laughs> but I, I, I loved uh, the entrepreneur, I love the vision, and I love media in general. I'm, yeah. I'm a big believer in, um, in media, in paid media in particular, in high quality content that people will pay for. And this is exactly what business of fashion is doing. Again, they found their niche. They started you know, in a very scrappy way. Uh, and I think what they've built today is a remarkable brand, an excellent team, a global business that people from the fashion industry you know, yeah. go back to every day. But um, I would say the reason why I invested in the company is because I was fascinated and impressed by the founder. Yeah. And I suppose the other end of the spectrum then, you're also on the board of the French media group Le Monde, which yeah. I think is a, a pretty old world kind of uh, media company. What do you bring there or what do you think like, your experience at Facebook can bring to, to companies like Le Monde? So it, it, it sounds like it's a different world, but actually the discussions we have at Le Monde and the discussions we have you know, in the workplace team or probably the discussions every SaaS company has today are very similar. It's all about you know, distributing content on many platforms, on the web, on mobile, monetizing, driving you know, adoption, driving acquisition at the lowest possible cost, driving lifetime value. I think the challenge that Le Monde had you know, when I started there, and this is really a personal you know, investment, nothing to do uh, with Facebook, 
was how do you go from a world where you make most of your money by selling you know, newspapers physically mm -hmm. and ads within the newspapers to a world where you have to sell you know, digital ads and a world where you have to sell digital subscriptions in a way like Netflix or Spotify or any other SaaS companies you know, are doing. So that, that's why it was very interesting. Of course, Le Monde is a, is a fantastic brand. I, I grew up reading Le Monde, not every day, but almost every day. Mm -hmm. And you know, to have the opportunity to help Le Monde to try and become a digital first company, to go from the business model they had 20 years ago to the business model that a lot of companies were embracing, you know, mobile first, mobile only sometimes, monthly recurring subscriptions, a la Spotify, a la Netflix was something I was very interested in. And, you know, at that time, the discussions we had internally were very, very similar. Yeah. The shift to mobile, the shift to subscriptions with our partners, especially the gaming partners we were working with, was very similar. Yeah, great. So, Julian, just to finish up, what's next for, for Workplace or what's next for you? Uh, next for Workplace, you know, we have to keep scaling the business. We have a lot of people to hire. I think we have, as of today, more than 60 open headcounts just for the sales and partnerships. 40 open headcounts just for the sales and partnerships team across many, many places. We just opened an office in Paris, in Tokyo, in Australia. Uh, we opened Sao Paulo 18 months ago. So we need to scale. We need to continue investing in, in our product, of course, investing in the ecosystem, in the workplace economy, make sure we are where our customers you know, want to meet us. But it's a, it's a fantastic journey. And, you know, we are very grateful to, to be able to be part of it and to have the, the pleasure to work with our customers uh, and our partners every day. Again, you know, on Monday we work with banks, on Tuesday we can end up having a discussion with you know, an SMB, on Wednesday we talk to, with a reseller, on Thursday we talk with a Fortune 500 company trying to reinvent how they work. So you know, you know, what people can expect from us is humility because it's new for Facebook and we think of ourselves as a startup, passion for our customers and our partners, passion for what they do every day, but also uh, ambition, because we do have the ambition to connect 3 billion people on that platform. Basically, everyone who's employed with a working mobile device. Yeah. And I can't think of any other SaaS company who has that ambition. Yeah. Great. Well, Julian, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing some of that vision. You've been listening to the Inside Intercom podcast. For more episodes, visit soundcloud.com slash intercom. If you'd like to subscribe, search for Inside Intercom in iTunes or Stitcher. And for even more great content, check out blog.intercom.com.